Welcome to the Warrior Optimized Podcast. Join your host, Matt Angler, as he shares insights into the strategies and mindsets that can be implemented to guide you down the road toward living fully optimized. As a business owner, sales and marketing director, success coach, anti-aging advocate, and lifelong learner, stories and lessons will cover a wide range. But golden nuggets are waiting to be uncovered, so buckle up. What's up, warriors? Hope all is going well in your world. Today's podcast is a summary of, and recap more or less, of my first ever Spartan Ultra Beast. So, I I don't even know where to begin. Um, all I'll, I will say is that I did complete it. And it was awesome, and it was epic. It took a long time, and uh, I'm still walking. But, uh, man, I I just got to say, like, so many times during the race, especially after the race, when you think about the elements and how many variables come into play in a run, uh, an endeavor that's that long uh, requiring a lot of effort um, and calculated risk uh, I mean it really it, it was boggling my mind I mean the, the, the think that I crossed the finish line uh, my time was eight hours and 56 minutes and 36 seconds uh, so nearly nine hours of running and hiking through a mountain environment uh, many trails, you know, littered with rocks and roots and mud, and <clears throat> there were some uh, nice bushwhack sections too, as well, where there was no trail and you're just running through tiny plants and trees and twigs, and um, you know, and that's kind of the, the tricky part is a lot of these, you know, quote unquote obstacles, uh, rocks and roots and holes are all disguised by by leaves. Um, you can't even see them, and of course you're running fast, or you're, if, if you choose to race the course, that is, you're running it. But um, you know, and then factor in just your body. I mean, I was my biggest, my biggest fear going into it. Uh, believe it or not, was not uh, injury, but actually whether or not my body was going to hold up as far as cramping. Um, was I going to cramp? What muscle group was going to cramp? Um, you know, if I lock up, where in the race will this be? What will I do? Will I, you know, will I tough it out? Um, will I quit? Will I walk off? You know, I, I didn't dwell on it, but the, the thought was, was definitely something I couldn't deny. It was coming into my head. Because I, I had never run more than 30 miles in my life. I've never run a marathon before. And, um, you know, let alone... Did I have any idea what it was going to be like to be running and active for more than eight hours, nearly nine hours, as it turned out to be? But uh, but anyway, it was it was an epic day, and 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 you know there's there's so many parts to this to this journey. Um, it, it's really hard to keep this under 
20 minutes, let alone under an hour to go through all these details. But, uh, but first off, the, the, the elements. So the day was kind of tricky because the day started off cool. Uh, it was definitely, you know, borderline cold. It was in the 40s, low 40s, low to mid 40s, um, arriving at the venue. Um, it was dark, a little breezy. Uh, it did rain overnight, so it was damp out. Um, but as far as apparel went, I decided to go with my Lehigh Valley Spartan uh, Legion-born jersey, which um, which is short sleeve. But uh, I wore that, and then I had <laughs> um, some uh, golf apparel, uh, believe it or not, which was basically not specifically for golf, but... But it was a uh, arm sleeves, Nike arm sleeves, and uh, so I wore those, and then just my um, my running spandex and mud gear socks, and my new Ultra King MT race shoes, which <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, 32 miles of running on a mountain course, and no rubs, no blisters, um, nothing. I can't uh, <laughs> can't say more. I mean, what a shoe! Um, very sure-footed, um, comfortable feet. Didn't really hurt. Kind of started to a little bit, maybe towards the end. That last descent was, you know, took a good pounding. Really kind of went for it, but uh, but yeah, no, everything went well. But so it came time for gloves in my hands, and it's always kind of like. The, 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 the variable is if my hands hold up as far as getting cold and grip strength. And should I wear gloves? Should I not wear gloves? Um, so, interestingly, two weeks ago, before two weeks before the race, the weather looked like it was going to be questionable, potential rain. So I went online and kind of scrambled to order bleg mitts. Um, B-L-E-G-G-M-I-T. Um, so these bad boys are, for those of you who aren't aware of them, uh, I think were made famous from Hobie Call, uh, he found them, and they're they're made in Australia. Some lady just invented the idea and had them made. And anyway, Hobie Call kind of put them on the radar, put them on the map. Uh, Raya Coble, more recently, I think, has really got a built up the name and, and notoriety of this this particular glove. But uh, ultimately. I bought the gloves. I got them, and I had them packed, and I brought them with me. They were brand new in my bag, and I decided, you know what? It's going to get into the 50s. It's going to be a little cloudy. It's going to be windy, but man, 50s, uh, with no rain, I should be fine. So I just made a decision. I'm just going to, I'm not going to get the gloves, so or wear the gloves. So as I'm going to the starting line, um, for those of you who listened to my recap from the the super and the sprint at uh, Mountain Creek, New Jersey, back in October, uh, may remember that I, I suffered. Well, that, those elements were crazy, uh, but um, I missed the spear throw during the sprint. I had a two and a half minute lead coming down to literally the last quarter mile, where there was a gauntlet of five obstacles, starting with the spear throw. And uh, anyway, I missed the spear, not even close, doing burpees, 30th burpee, here comes Dan Weber, nails a spear, he bolts down the hill, I never caught him, um, he wins the race, I get second, I, gosh, one spear throw away from winning a Spartan race, um, so, anyway, I see Dan as I'm walking out of the pit, 
I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? You know, you ready for today? You know, pleasantries, good to see you again, a whole nine. And he's wearing the bleg mitts. And I asked him, are you are you going to wear them for the race? And he's like, oh, heck yeah. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, it's, you know, I make my case. It's not going to be that cold. And he basically said, you know, it's going to be damp. It rained overnight. The obstacles are going to be wet. It's going to be a little bit windy. You know, we're going to get wet at some point with the dunk wall. Um, and, you know, so he's wearing them. He's done more of these than I have. He's beaten me. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to do what Dan says. I brought him with me. You know, why not just take him and put him on? So, uh, anyway, best decision of the day. And, you know, I, I talk about being divinely guided. And, man, if ever, <laughs> did Dan come through at the right time, uh, right as I was exiting the pit. So, ultimately, put when turned around, Went back in the pit, grabbed my gloves, and uh, found my way to the starting line. And best decision, um, just just remarkable. I mean, I I was comfortable pretty much the whole race. I actually had my hands in the gloves for the majority of the time, um, even though that at one point they did get wet. I felt though having my hands in the gloves uh, protected me from the wind, from them getting really dried out and, and cracked for the most part. But uh, but the little bit of the moisture in the glove. Um, help me, especially with some of the with the with the obstacles, just giving me a little bit of moisture on my hands, just to give me a little bit more grip, um, which works for me. I know some people have problems with their hands sweating, which hurt their grip. Um, I have actually the opposite problem, where my hands don't sweat, which impact my grip. But uh, but anyway, just the, the race uh, started off. I was actually really relaxed. Um, I think the fact knowing that it was going to be such a long race. I, I wasn't really, you know, stressed about pushing uh, too hard and, and getting my heart rate up and getting into that, you know, that, that pain zone. So, um, you know, it just kind of took my time and kind of hung with the group and um, didn't do anything fancy and uh, just kind of settled in, I would say. It was really about it with kind of borderline out of my comfort zone, but uh just kind of relied on my preparation, my training, and hoping that my comfort zone area or just outside was uh, going to be fast enough to, to keep me competitive. Um, and uh, anyway, so uh, as the course goes on, a lot of new obstacles for me. I had never seen the Helix before. That one wasn't really too bad. Um, actually, wasn't bad at all. Got through that really no problem. Uh, the box, um, I didn't have any issue with it. Um, you know, I did use the, the knot to kind of get my feet on it and then just pulled myself up with the rope and made a leap of faith and grabbed the bar to pull myself up. Um, the the new stairway to Sparta is just awesome. Uh, no issue there, but I think that is just a really cool upgrade uh, to that obstacle. Really cool. Um, you know, the vertical cargo with that platform, I didn't have any issue with that. I just kind of jumped and muscled up on it, threw my chest over it, and then swung my legs up to get over that. So, um, anyway, if, again, my podcast from, uh, the recap from the super and the sprint from October, uh, I had reiterated that I, the spear throw has been my nemesis. I, I was 0 for 6 in my Spartans last year, and, uh, definitely, and it cost me a win. Uh, cost me probably two other podiums the day before uh, the Super and uh, and the Vermont Beast. Uh, I also missed the spear at the end. And uh, ultimately, though, I got a spear 
for Christmas. So my brother-in-law, thank him very much, Jay Albright, got me. He was my, I was his secret Santa, or he was my secret Santa. Uh, so he got me a spear uh, for Christmas, which is pretty funny. And that thing sat in my garage until about two weeks before the race. And I realized that, oh man, I better get this thing out. So I did get it out, and I didn't have anything to throw it at, so I was just throwing it in the yard and watching it land, just trying to get the trajectory right, uh, which actually was really helpful. Uh, just watching it fly through the air, I, I, I immediately was able, within 10, 15 minutes, identify you know, the proper way to grip it, where to grip it, um, and uh, just to get the, the spear to kind of fly straight. And uh, probably four days before the race, I think it was Monday, yeah, of last week, the race being Saturday, uh, I bought a bale of hay, and uh, nothing fancy, I stood it on top of a, of a pallet, leaned it up against a tree, secured it with a little bit of twine, marked off 25 feet, put a stick there, and just started chucking the spear at the, at the straw, uh, single bale, vertical, so a smaller target than what the actual target would be, and um, anyway, it, I just spent the week you know, off and on, probably spent about a half hour, 40 minutes every day just chucking the spear at that, that hay bale. And um, to get to the point, I was two for two for the spear. And uh, unbelievable. Uh, just so excited about it. The first attempt was uh, basically we had just come out of the ultra loop, which was 4.8 miles. Um, brutal. Not fun at all. Um, super glad that was over just to get back on the main course. I knew the spear, just from looking at the map earlier, I knew the spear was coming up, and I knew it was only about five miles left once you got through the spear. Um, so uh, anyway, coming out of the ultra loop, come across kind of a flatter plain area, and then there it is, the spear throw. And uh, there, was, uh, there, was, there were people there, but everyone that I saw was all in the burpee pit. Nobody lined up at any of the, the spears, so I got to pick my spot. Um, the one I chose happened to be the fourth one in because it had a nice flat spot in front of the fence. And uh, anyway, I got in my position, took my deep breath, and as I threw, the string actually kind of got snagged on my elbow. So the spear started to kind of spiral and uh, flail. And I thought for sure, there's no way it's going to even get there. And it was kind of a corkscrew. It was not pretty. But it hit it hit the lower right, and it just hung in there. No idea how. Um, but it stuck, and I jumped. I kind of had rehearsed in my head that I wasn't going to yell or do anything. I was just going to act like I belong, and I was expecting it and just run out. But... I cheered, I screamed, yeah, I took off, man. Gosh, it's amazing how fast you run after you make a spear. So I bowled out of there, passed a bunch of people in the burpee pit, off I went. Um, the rest of the, the lap was um, uneventful. I, again, hit all the obstacles. A sandbag, not really that fun, um, but it never really is. But at least I, I actually liked the fact that it started with the uphill first. Um, so get the uphill done and then finish on the downhill. 
so that I I don't know I enjoyed that but I would I would call after the sandbag I would believe it was as close to a death march as they come I know there's only one death march in Vermont but this was pretty close um, it was a long climb I'd be interested to know how long it was but it was a relentless almost endless climb uh, to the top uh, and uh, I think there was one more kind of half climb after that but um, but it, that was a pretty epic climb pretty hard uh, got through all that finished lap one got into the pit um, and uh, hit all the obstacles I mean I was pretty stoked getting into that pit I was stoked for being a perfect obstacle com completion, including the Hercoist. Haven't gotten that in a while, but was able to get that one. Um, it was actually funny, the Hercoist. So I pull, I got up to the Hercoist, uh, did a little reconnaissance the day before, felt like I found a bag that may have been lighter than some of the others, who knows. Um, but uh, when I got to that bag, I did bring uh, another pair of fingerless uh, gloves and uh, I did put those on. So I pulled my bleg mitts back and I took my time. I took my other gloves out. They're an Under Armour kind of weightlifting glove. I put those on and, uh, you know, I'm glad I did. I got I got the, the, the Hercoist. Uh, not easy, but I did get it up. Um, I, I attribute some of that to the gloves. We'll never know. But, uh, but I was just happy that I did at least have the mindset to pause and put them on, even though I, you just want to kind of rush and get it done. Uh, I did take the time to put the gloves on. So f right after that is the rope climb and then into transition. Uh, pretty good transition. Uh, probably not the fastest for sure, but probably I'd say about six, seven minutes I was in there trying to fumble through and get some of the, the supplements in and eat my my cookie was kind of the uh, the longest process trying to chew that thing up but uh, four hours and 44 minutes was my total course time as I was exiting out of the pit um, so this is where it kind of get because I, I kind of felt bad I, I was I wasn't impressed I thought maybe I could do this course and again I've never done one before but based on what other people were doing I thought I could do it in around eight hours um, and considering it was, you know, four hours and 44 minutes, the kind of my chances of doing it uh, under eight hours were pretty much appeared to be shot at that point. Um, I did time it. It did take an hour uh, to do the ultra loop. So with simple math, if I could do the beast uh, in three hours and 45 minutes, that puts me at about whatever that came out to be, nine and a half hours. Um, but... Uh, Anyway, no, eight and a half hours, I'm sorry. But uh, that which would have been respectable. But uh, after already running nearly 18 miles, I don't think I was going to do the beast as fast as uh, I could have if I just did it one lap. But nonetheless, I started to have this weird, like, man, why aren't you faster kind of moment? Like, did you train hard enough? Why didn't you train harder? You know, like, kind of annoyed with myself that I wasn't doing better, but then annoyed that I was having these thoughts. Like, it was... I was I was still warm. I was comfortable. I wasn't cramping. I wasn't injured. I just did basically the longest Spartan race of my life with per perfect obstacle completion. Um, and back on the course, climbing the first hill again. Uh, you know, kind of feeling good. Knowing, and it, there's only 13 miles left, which you know it's amazing. Everything being relative, um, but I moved through that that second lap. Uh, pretty smoothly but again still kind of you know annoyed with 
why I wasn't going a little faster. And, you know, what was interesting is I was always worried as coming up to this race about the second lap because I knew I was going to be dealing with traffic. Uh, I knew I was going to have to be passing people and, and, and you know, really questionable trails. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I, I was concerning to me, you know, getting, having to move around people and if I would get injured and waiting at obstacles and all that. Um, man, that second lap is a lap I will never forget. Uh, and it started, you know, as I'm running and I started passing people and, you know, most of the races, you know, starting in, in the age group, you're, you're out in the front, you're passing some people, but, you know, I'm not really engaged with what's happening out there in the open waves. Um, and it's very interesting. You know, a lot of people are on their own journeys and uh, coming through their own, you know, uh, self-doubt and their own challenges, physical challenges, whatever it may be, you know, and trying to do something, you know, potentially life-changing. Um, and uh, just on, on all different scales and all ends of the spectrum and, you know, watching, you know, moms and their daughters competing and watching, you know, just girlfriends probably from college or high school, best friends, you know, dads and their sons, dads and their daughters, uh, you know, girlfriend and boyfriend holding hands, walking up a hill, husbands and wives, uh, just really, really just special uh, things that I was just seeing, and it was just—it was just neat to be a part of it. As I, you know, was would gain on a new group and a new pot of people, um, and uh, so we get to a kind of more treacherous climb. And as we're going up the climb, there's kind of a you know going around people, and then I see there's kind of this pot of people who appear to be assisting somebody. Um, I thought, oh no, I hope this guy is okay. He's not injured. And as I approached the group and I kind of went on the left and I'm going around them, I realized that the person they're helping wasn't injured, but was actually um, physically disabled, uh, physically and, and, and probably mentally disabled. And, you know, I, I kind of slowed up. I kind of get into a stop and I, I looked at the, the guy in the front that was holding his hand and he's like, you know, uh, can I help? And he's just smiled, and he's like, no, no, we're all good. We got it. You, you just keep on going, man. You're doing great. Um, and, you know, there were people behind him trying to assist him. And he, you could you could see the stress on their faces as, as they tried to assist, you know, this individual up this treacherous section. And, you know, as I, as I parted them and, and went off on my own, I, I wished them all good luck. Um, you know, I even thanked the guy for, for, for doing what they were doing, but, but looking at that individual as he was climbing that hill, I mean, you could, he was just so happy to be out there, uh, even though the stress of the family and friends who were having to help him through that must have been, uh, just super intense. Um, God, I, I'll just never forget that site. Um, and as I'm moving away, I'm, I'm just pondering like, wow, like, unbelievable what what some of these people are, are overcome or overcoming and and fighting against on this course today and there I was kind of beating myself up for and, and moaning about not being faster or maybe didn't train hard enough um, and you know I'm literally like in tears going up this hill and it just changed everything and just about the perspective on on the race and what it's all about 
um, and everybody just being on their own journey and dealing with their own battles and, and their own challenges and, and working through them and pushing up against the odds and leaning into it, all these things we talk about, um, and, and it's just on so many different levels. It's, it's happening, and it's happening all around you, and you can feel that energy, and you can tap into that energy, and it, it was just so, so special. I don't know if he ever finished. I don't know their names. I don't know if I ever will. Um, but uh, but it was it was special, and uh, and I'm and I'm grateful for that moment. Um, and you know that was probably mile three or four, I would say, of the first lap. So and they still had a long way to go. Uh, we all had a long way to go. But uh, ultimately, gang, you know it. The race kind of, oh, yes, so along with getting to that first lap, so I'm, I'm coming up one of the climbs, I don't know if it was, it might have been after this encounter, but I uh, was coming up uh, through a wooded climb, come out of the wooded climb uh, out of the woods onto the slopes to continue uphill, but I, was, I could see the opening, I could see the break in the woods, we're about to come out on the slopes up ahead of me, climbing the trail, well, it's maybe a trot, you know, a good power hike trying to get up. And anyway, up ahead of me, I see, you know, a guy, uh, definitely an open beast racer, uh, no shirt, um, you know, definitely looks fit, pretty, you know, decent sized build. Um, he's got a gold cross on, I can see it's on backwards because I can see the crucifix uh, on his back. And, and I'm just kind of chuckling to myself, looking at myself with my long sleeves and my bleg mitts, you know, uh, running up the hill. I'm like, ah, oh, look at that guy. He's so much tougher than I am. And uh, as I'm watching him, he, he he wasn't moving very quickly, but definitely something seemed slightly off. So even from behind, just looking at him, just didn't seem to be very fluid, a little wobbly. And um, anyway, as I'm coming up, I hear some chatter out on the slope. I hear a pickup truck. Um, and as I'm getting closer, I hear one of the ultra racers uh, pointing like kind of weirdly like pointing at this guy and telling some of the, the the volunteers like this is him this is the guy thinking, oh, what the heck's going on like did this guy do something and anyway as I came up I ended up going around you know that guy without the shirt on and you could just see in his eyes he was he was in a complete daze um, and I'm like what the heck happened I figured maybe he fell and hit his head so ultimately the ultra racer up ahead I caught him and we say hey what's going on what happened down there and uh, he goes oh that guy has hypothermia it's like really he said yeah you could tell he was really incoherent um, you know he, he was unbalanced um, and uh, but he kept telling us that he was okay and he didn't need any help but it was just kind of slurring his words and uh, anyway um, I thought that was interesting, and I, I had heard on multiple occasions uh, on the walkie-talkies during the race about people having to get pulled off the course because of hypothermia. Uh, man, I don't know what it is about that New Jersey course, that Mountain Creek. Uh, whether it's April, whether it's October, you know, it's just the cold. Uh, they did, in fact, close down both water obstacles on the second lap. Uh, I'm not sure what time they stopped those, but the uh, the dunk wall... Uh, which is, I think, somewhere around mile seven. That was uh, shut down. And uh, rolling mud and dunk wall. Uh, and the water crossing uh, was also shut down. Um, 
which uh, which I guess was nice. I don't know. I think I would have been fine, but uh, glad I didn't have to deal with it. But uh, but yeah, no, nah, it's just so again so many different obstacles to face on that course from the cold, from the wind, just you know, the being in a mountain. There were bears apparently. There was a mama bear and her four cubs up near where the uh, sandbag carry was. <laughs> I did not see them. I wasn't looking for them, but apparently they were there. Uh, just <laughs> what what a day. So ultimately, uh, I'll tell you what's what the highlight of the second lap is. You know, again, you know, seeing again that 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 pod with the helping the special needs was just so such a, a highlight and poignant moment of that day. But what was so crazy was the support that the open racers gave the ultras. Um, I mean, I literally felt like a rock star. Because as I was running up and catching pods, uh, you know, as we the term goes, on your left, on your left, on your left, and there was very little hesitation. I mean, the the beast racers just moved to the right. I went on the left, and then you'd have a couple really, you know, zealous people who would just start yelling, "Ultra coming! Ultra coming on the left!" And uh, as you're passing uh, the open wave. You know, I, I got to say for a while, it had to be 60, 80% of them were just like, awesome job, awesome job, keep going, way to go, way to go, great job. You know, even, you're awesome, you're unbelievable, can I high five you? You know, like just unreal. It was such, you know, th- these surges of, of energy um, to just keep me going forward. Uh, I don't know what it would have been like without without that. Um, and uh, it, w- it was really special, and I am grateful and I probably said thank you, and I appreciate that, you know, a thousand times during that second lap, and, and it's genuine. I, I did appreciate it. Um, it. It really did. You know, even the, a couple times on, on some of the single trail climbs, you know, I was more than comfortable just kind of settling in in line and marching with the crew, but you could <laughs> some of the overzealous, again, uh, open waves are like ultra coming move to the right ultra coming and i'm just thinking dang i was just trying to blend in back here but you know i had to go i had to step it up so i got up in my trot and started you know running up the hill was tired fatigued did not want to but uh, just felt obligated almost in a way to just kind of push forward and take it to another level and up the effort so that was definitely an interesting component of the race you know getting those cheers and just that extra boost of motivation to get up the mountain uh, definitely exciting so uh i and the last part which is really <laughs> kind of the highlight of the day i would say was arriving at the spear throw so of course at this point you know there's five miles left now we just we just passed uh we'd finished the bucket and we passed where the ultra uh, loop would have started uh, so that is a very exciting moment to pass by that ultra loop and knowing that you don't have to do that again. Um, that in and of itself gives you an extra boost of energy. So, uh, But next in line there was the spear throw. <clears throat> and uh, at this point, again, I'm burpee free. I'm 100% on the obstacle completion, and I'm feeling good. I know we got five miles to go here. And uh, get up to the spear throw, and man, what a line. It was, you know, gosh, six, eight, ten deep at some of the spears. Everyone filled. And as I'm coming into the opening, um, one of the volunteers spots the, the purple vest and starts yelling to the 
to the open wave people, ultra, ultra, and um, it's really funny because I make eye contact with this guy who's standing at the fourth bail in, the same one I was at the first time, uh, the first lap. And he looks at me and he yells out, you got this one, pal. You got this one, Ultra. Come here. And uh, and I ran right to him and got in line and even said, I'm like, awesome. I go, this is the one I got in the first lap. He's like, did you get it the first time? I said, yep. And um, anyway, um, got that spear. I mean, I swear everybody was just quiet and watching. I mean, everybody like, like it felt like, you know, again, they they were like they were like starstruck, and I felt like a rock star. I don't know how it really was, but um, man, I, that's what I felt. Everybody's eyes I felt were on me, and I came running in, so I wasn't really walking in, uh, taking you know my time and catching my breath. But uh, anyway, got the spear, got in position, made the made the made the throw just as I practiced it and if it wasn't dead center right in the middle of the the, the Spartans face uh, on that on that um, target uh, it was darn close man just right in I yelled yes we got some cheers got some clapping I clapped and just freaking sprinted out of that uh, area um, I was stoked it was awesome what a feeling and, you know, from there, it was just kind of a cruise to the end. It was definitely, um, I, th- I believe there was probably about three miles. It was, it was definitely uh, after the sandbag, kind of probably about halfway up that climb, uh, the death march, where I realized that I kind of knew what was left for the most part, and I knew I still felt good. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I had gone that far, still felt good, still had energy, um, was timing my eating right apparently because I felt good. I wasn't cramping. Um, definitely my hips were, were getting very fatigued. It was just definitely a little painful in the hip flexors trying to lift my leg up. But um, I just decided at that point, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go. I'm going to pick it up a notch and I'm going to go for it for the, this last couple miles. And just go till I can't go anymore. I've already come this far, um, so uh, so I, I turned it up a couple levels. Uh, I went for it. I felt good. I know uh, at the top, uh, pretty much the last climb was uh, beater, and uh, I think that's a really cool obstacle. I had no issue with that. It was pretty fun. But uh, after beater, um, there was definitely an open wave uh, runner who apparently got some inspiration by seeing me, and he was on my heels. Um, I don't know how long that descent lasted. Um, we went down eventually. I think the inverted wall kind of interrupted the descent momentarily, and uh, he was right on my tail, and a uh, younger guy. But uh, but it was fun because I was all out on the downhill, and this guy, I don't know if he was trying to pass me or just trying to keep up. I'm not sure, but there was no way I was letting this guy pass me. And uh, I definitely put it all on the line. Uh, and what a thrill it was to eventually break through the woods. And right when you popped through towards the end was Twister. And Twister was literally, I don't even know, a thousand meters from the end of the race. Um, got Twister. And there I am on the final descent. Ultra Beast. Feeling good. Injury free. Going on nine hours. And two obstacles left, Hercules and the rope climb. Um, I got down, coming down the hill. I got, I was starting to get my gloves out. I knew what to do. I knew where to go. I knew what sandbag to go to. Uh, wrangled my gloves out. They were inside out, 
still, so I had to right side them out. So it took a little while. Got to my rope, got to my sandbag, and uh, just just went for it. Wasn't gonna hesitate. Just go. Don't overthink it. Started pulling. I uh, was getting it moving, getting it going, but man. 64 obstacles, you know, a lot of carrying, a lot of upper body stuff. I just started to feel this this twinge in my biceps, both biceps. And that sandbag couldn't have been more than two feet from the top. And I just could not, My, I don't know what it was. It was like more of a pain, uh, a burn or something in the bottom end of my bicep near my elbow, inner elbow. Um, ah, I just could not pull that thing anymore. Um it, it was so frustrating. I was right there. I just kind of stood up and held the rope. Uh, in hindsight, someone did give me advice. I should have stood on the rope with my feet and given my arms a rest. Um, I wasn't smart enough to, to think of that or execute that in the moment. And uh, hindsight 2020, that would have been perfect just to stand there for a minute, you know, 30 seconds, whatever, just to give me just enough relief to pull that last couple feet. Um, but uh, ultimately, I chose, I wanted to save my grip strength. I don't know what, you know, if I was ever going to get it up that two feet or not. So I just, I quit. I gave up on it. I let go. Uh, bag crashed down. And um, to the burpee uh, pit I went, which uh, I ended up doing, I believe, 32 burpees. Because there was no way I was going to let burpees uh, <laughs> penalize me at this point. But uh, I did get my burpees in. Got my rope climb. Nailed that. Uh, and man, I just sprinted through to the finish line, did it under nine hours, um, elate it, doesn't even begin to describe it, but, uh, it was, uh, God, what a feeling. I mean, you guys who have completed these know crossing any Spartan finish line is, is something special, um, and so unique and hard to describe, maybe indescribable. But to do an ultra beast and, <laughs> God, exhilarating. Um, just elated. So after a banana or two and a drink or two, stumble out, you know, like, where the heck do I get my medal? Where do I get my medal? Find my way down to the, the results tent. So I'm curious to see how I did. Type in my bib number and wouldn't you believe it, my name comes up in fourth place in my age group. And no kidding. Like, I'm just, that's awesome. I mean, my goal was to obviously do well. I, I, I've been saying podium finish all year, um, but yeah, I've never done one. I don't know. I don't do these. Maybe, you know, I'm not a, an ultra racer, but uh, to be fourth, that's pretty pretty stellar. You know, top 10, you know, one position off the podium, pretty phenomenal. Um, and uh, anyway, I go get my medal. I get to talk to Aaron and tell her, I'm like, you're not going to believe this. I'm in fourth place, yada, yada, yada. And uh, so, you know, I'm kind of roaming around a couple hours and I, and I finally get a text from my sister wanting to know how I did and I, where I was at. I happened to be by the results tent. So I went back and typed in my, my bib number. I was going to take a picture to send to her. And uh, to my surprise, when I typed my bib number in this time, when my name popped up, it had me listed at third. I couldn't believe it. I took the picture. Um, you know, I went over to the result people and asked them, is this right? Like what happened? And they don't know, they didn't tell me what happened, but they said, that's correct. You, you are definitely third place in uh, the 40 to 44 age group. Um, so unbelievable podium, third place, 40 to 44, 
just now now the now the elation's gone up a level. Uh, I end up finding out later. Uh, now I'm definitely grateful and I understand how it works, but because I turned 40 in August, uh, Spartan rules are that whatever age you are at the end of that calendar year, that is the age group you will be participating in for the entire race season. So even though I'm currently 39, I was in the 30 or the 40 to 44 age group. But what really is just astonishing to me is that if I was in my rightful age group, the 35 to 39, I actually had first place. Um, the first place in the 35 to 39, I think did it in nine hours and five minutes or something along those lines. And I did it in eight hours, 56 minutes. So actually would have had first place in the 35 to 39 age group, um, which again is just uh, remarkable. But definitely, absolutely, 100% a testament to, um, you know, a lot of good fortune, a lot of effort, a lot of training, um, a lot of sacrifice, a lot of good decisions, a lot of good choices, a lot of healthy mindset, prayers, support, um, so many elements that go into something like this. And uh, I, I, I recognize why people do ultra beasts now before I just thought that's nuts why do you keep doing them <laughs> that seems ridiculous um, but now I know why you know not just about uh, not just about finishing and accomplishing um, but just the the, the journey uh, to that race and the and the journey during the race and and how you are changed and I had read that recently within the weeks coming up to the to the ultra beast that actually might even just be on the Spartan website um, but it definitely struck me as, as, as profound as like, you are not the same person after completing an ultra beast. And I'm here today to tell you that that is 100% truth. I am not the same. I have basically proven to myself and to anyone who's listening to this, that you can do whatever you put your mind to. Um, but it's not just about thinking about doing it. It literally is putting forth the effort, um, and uh, I, I don't know, it, it, is, it is something I will never forget. I don't know if or when I'll ever do one of these again. Um, I gotta say, I can't stop thinking about attempting a Vermont Ultra Beast. Just seems like the most epic achievement on earth would be to complete one of those. Uh, and snag a podium, how about that? That'd be pretty awesome. But um, anyway, that is my recap. Um, Thank God to Dan Weber in recommending the Blegmits. I'm not sure what would have happened without those gloves and what would have happened if I had cold hands. I know a lot of people dropped out um, of that race. And, uh, you know, definitely people are dealing with a lot of cold appendages. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that and the support of all the folks on that course, the volunteers. It was an awesome course, an awesome venue. Um unforgettable moment unforgettable day so proud and pleased and excited so uh guys thank you for uh, checking this this out today um you know it's uh there's a, a lot of good stuff um that goes into this if you want any more insight into what i'm doing and, and what i'm taking and, and how i'm able to to reach you know what i believe is near close to my optimal uh physical performance level um 
please reach out to me. I, I have some, some tips I could share with you. Uh, warrioroptimized at gmail.com is how you get in touch with me. Uh, I uh, would love reviews if, uh, and feedback and ratings for iTunes. Uh, I'd love to get this message out to as many people uh, as possible. So, uh, guys, thanks for checking out. Thanks for tuning in. Lean into it. Live optimized. Until next time. Later, y'all. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Your time is valuable and we appreciate you spending it with us. Realizing your optimized self begins with taking action and making progress every single day. Achieving a fuller life can be as simple as smiling more often while embracing the infinite possibilities waiting for you. If you like what you heard today, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share with your friends. We are grateful for your support and appreciate you sharing this with others. See you in the next episode. And remember, together, let's all live warrior optimized.